0: You just have to go with what feels good and what doesn't feel good. and I think a lot of people have issue with that because they think they think that makes them selfish or they think they don't deserve to feel good and then all this other stuff comes in. And I think we make it too complicated. At the end of the day if something feels good, it's right. If something feels bad, it's wrong.
1: Hi and welcome to the second episode of the Wisdom of Wow Performers podcast. This episode is with Andrew Pepper, who has been playing the wonderful, wonderful dame in the Chippy Norton pantomime. Many top newspapers, such as The Times, Evening Standard or The Stage, have reviewed and commented on his performances. The Times, for example, define him as an inevitable show stealer, and I can definitely understand why. I've seen Andrew as the dame twice now, in two consecutive years, and every time it is a great pleasure to witness his effortless presence on stage. Andrew is a very wise, humble and great actor, and in this episode he shares where he gets his wisdom from, how he picks people from the audience, and how he can almost see the energy within a room, when it is high and when it drops, and adapt accordingly. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do, and make the most out of it. hello 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 oh it's nice to hear you you too thanks so much for being here first of all and for your time i want to find out what's that extra um factor that some actors (laughs) have and others don't you obviously have it and i've seen your presence on stage so i just wanted to ask you some questions on that if that's okay
0: Sure, it's very kind of you just to say that, first of all. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I do have it, but if you think I do, then then lovely, thank you.
1: Well, I definitely think you do. My first question would be, uh, what is presence for you, and how do you do presence?
0: For me, it's all about energy. I think of it in terms of not dropping the ball. So, I mean, that's a metaphor, obviously, but um, I, I always sort of imagine that that you're keeping an imaginary ball up, and if the ball hits the floor, the energy's dropped. So for example, if I have a line which is, hello, how are you doing? And then the next actor's line is, I'm very good, thank you. If they don't immediately come in with a line, you get this dead air time, which is where the ball drops. However, that's not to say that you have to do every line like that sometimes you can have pauses but you still have to fill them with something so so then you have to fill it with a different kind of energy than a vocal energy so it's finding ways to it's hard to describe because it's all it's not it's, it's all invisible and it's not literal it's all, <laughs> but it's finding ways to keep um it's keeping the thought alive keeping the vocal energy alive keeping just keeping everything alive really. I find that some actors, they will, they might have really great vocal energy when they're speaking. Their, their words really are energized and they fill the room, but then they stop when they finish their sentence and it's just like, and then they come back on for their life. Um, so I really try and keep that same energy I have even when I'm not speaking and sort of, keep it going through the gaps of you. It's yes. just constantly thinking and constantly trying to be in the moment and listening to the other people. Um, and also, the thing that I'm really obsessed with is um, is reaching everyone in the auditorium. Yes. So, so I'm not just speaking to the person on stage. I'm also speaking to, well, at this there. I'm speaking to 213 other people. Um And so my brain is very consciously sort of in two places. It's with what's going on the stage, but it's also with the auditorium. So so yeah, there's a constant kind of triangle going on in my brain of where my energy needs to be. Um, And ultimately I'm always trying to spring the energy to the very back row of the balcony, but I also try and be specific in terms of who I share it with. generally I wanted to hit the back row but also along the way I try and connect with everyone and then sometimes I'll specifically show it with one person because actually you can just be as effective I find if you speak to one person as if you scan everyone because if you go specific to one person the what happens is everybody and everybody else's energy in the room goes to that one person so a constant thing <laughs> balancing a constant balancing act you constantly keep everyone inside really mm-hmm. and not neglect anyone so
1: yeah it's so cool because it's almost as if you can see the energy the way you describe it
0: uh, yeah well I think you can I mean I don't I, I know people who see they say they see auras and they you know they can see it in terms of colors I don't have that but I can I can definitely tell when an energy has has gone like that um, it's not good <laughs> <laughs>
1: I read that you were a cabaret performer before, and that's very good training for being a dame in a in a pantomime for sure. Yeah. Uh, but if if the whole audience is is like a hole and you need to maintain everyone, how do you go about picking someone from the audience?
0: You mean you mean those moments when I come off the stage and pick on a person?
1: Yeah, I remember when you picked me and I really liked it. I'm
0: I'm sorry I can't remember because it was 12 months ago. Yeah,
1: and you've had so many performances. Yeah, (laughs) But it was really cool because I'm from Bulgaria. And I've never seen a pantomime before, so it was my first one. You were really magnificent on stage, and then, and then I was the one you picked. So I felt really thrilled about it.
0: Ah, some people don't, some people are mortified. <laughs> but.
1: I felt like I was part of the show. And then you said something like, ooh, Bulgaria, you have a very earthy energy to go. Like, you just made it, <laughs> made it fun in a good way.
0: I generally try and just, I try and go with my gut. I try not to be stuck in my head. As soon as I go into my head, I, I saw on your blog you were talking about, um, your website's really interesting by the way, I was just having a look before I came. And um, I think we speak the same language, you were talking about ego versus heart. And, and I do believe as soon as I go into my head, my ego is running this play, the show. And I try to let my heart run the show, my, my gut, my higher energy, whatever whatever that is. Um, So if I go into my head, you can guarantee I will pick the wrong person. I will pick the one person who doesn't want to be picked, who is really grumpy. And it it won't be a good experience. Whereas if I'm just going with my guts, I will pick the one person who, like, you will either want to be picked or it will be a person who, who ends up just being really fun for the whole show. They might come up with lots of funny ad libs and then give everyone else a great experience. So... So I don't really have any rules. I just walk off the stage and try and go with my gut. And sometimes it works and sometimes it goes spectacularly wrong. And then I walk off the stage and go what the hell why did I pick that person? That that person did not want to be picked and now uh, the other night I picked a guy and as soon as I picked him I thought I shouldn't have picked him because he doesn't look he doesn't look comfortable with being picked and there was someone else sitting next further along the road who I reckon probably like you would have enjoyed being picked. But for whatever reason, I picked this guy. I picked this guy actually because his wife was going, pick him, pick him. <laughs> so I, I just went with her. Yeah. And I shouldn't have done really because he was so mortified. And then he didn't come back for the second half after the interval. And I don't know why. I mean, it could have been nothing to do with me. It could have been a reasons. But I do wonder if maybe I just made it uncomfortable for him. So But an interesting happen- thing happened on... Um, on New Year's Eve and that was I picked well, I'll rewind. What happened was last year when I was here, as I said I don't really remember who I picked because it was was a year ago and we did 91 performances but I do remember this one guy because he really again I shouldn't have picked him. He was just like the worst person to pick. You could tell he didn't want to be picked and his wife was going to pick him so I listened to the wife and then regretted it. Um, I spent the whole show just sort of looking like he wanted to kill me he slightly softened by the end and then a few nights ago I went into the audience and uh, I got distracted by this little girl who was wearing a tiara so I started going oh that's a nice tiara or whatever and then the guy sitting next to her was sort of doing I can't remember what he was doing but he was kind of pulling my focus yeah. and I found myself just going and saying look I wasn't going to pick you mate but okay I'll pick you And I picked him. And as I picked him, I thought, God, he looks really familiar. Um, And then he told me his name. And the name was really familiar. And then I got on stage and he went, oh, my God, it's that guy I picked last year who looked like he wanted to kill me. (laughs) And I, two years in a row, picked this guy who... So I don't know what, but I I think what happened there was that he actually wanted to be picked, even though he kind of going, oh, I think he wanted, because he, he got my attention. I usually stay at the front row, and he was in the third row, but something something pulled me to the third row, and before I knew it, without even thinking about it, I picked this guy.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, let me go back to that presence thing. Um, you mentioned the head and the gut. Is there any anything any practice that you do in your everyday life where you where you do presence in a way no and
0: um, no yes and no <laughs> i mean when i was a when i was a kid i used to dance all the time that from a very early age well, like from as soon as i was born i was i danced all the time and the reason i love dance was because although I didn't think of it in these terms, and I haven't really properly thought of it in these terms until now, really, but I know that when I dance, I'm not in my head. I'm just completely free and playing. So I suspect that's why I've always loved dancing. So I've always, from a very early age, I've known what it feels like to be in a gut place as opposed to a head place. In terms of a daily practice, no, I don't. I periodically do bits of meditation and then never really stick at it um, and then every year starts and I go oh I should get a daily practice and be really committed and, but, it never, but I do I don't have a daily practice but I am very aware when I'm in my head and when I'm not um, that's something I'm very aware of and I mean I had um, in terms of a sort of my spiritual awakening as it were a major thing happened to me 12 years ago. Um, and I got mugged. And it was, it was kind of horrific, but it was kind of the best thing that happened to me because it really woke me up to, to I think this is, my, this is my reading of the event, it woke me up to, to listening to my gut. Because basically what had happened was, I used to go around to my best friend's house every Sunday evening. And I would always leave really late, like three o'clock in the morning. He lived about a 40 minute walk from my home, and it was the summer, so I would just walk home. And the the, the road goes like that, and the pavement goes like that. It's sort of, because there's a big flower bed with big bushes and flowers here, so the pavement sort of forks around. But because it was 3, 3 a.m. and there was no traffic, um, this voice in my head went, don't go on the pavement, go on the road because it would actually be quicker. The route would be quicker to just walk across the road than go all the way around the pavement. Um, but this other voice went, went, oh, don't be stupid. People don't walk in the road. You stay on the pavement. So I committed to the pavement, and as soon as I committed to the pavement, these two guys out of nowhere just appeared, literally out of nowhere, and um, whacked me in the face of me, knocked me to the ground, stole my bag, and did a runner. Um, and it was, and it was a really bad injury. You had to go to hospital and have stitches and everything like they'd properly done to my ear. But what was interesting was the second I, the second they'd gone and I got up, I didn't, I wasn't like angry or sad or anything. I just thought, huh, should have walked in the road. I I could remember clearly that this voice, which I now think of as being my higher self, um, or my heart, or whatever you want to call it, was telling me to go on the road because it was trying to protect me. But my my ego, my rational brain, whatever, was going. Oh, don't be stupid. Walk on the pavements. Um, and so I'd never really thought in those terms until that moment. So that moment was kind of like a big awakening for me that we actually have two voices. And then I started reading lots of books on on spirituality, and I got really into law of attraction and um and all that really. So I'm constantly aware, I think I'm constantly aware A because I know the feeling of being in my head versus being in my guts and I have a profound experience of the voices trying to help. So and I can I can tell when I perform where I am, you know. Wow.
1: That's such a great answer, and thanks so much for sharing that story. One thing that I I like asking people about is luck in your experience what impact luck has in success
0: well I don't believe in luck I really don't believe in luck I think I think if you believe in luck then you're believing in some little fairy who's floating around arbitrarily going you're lucky you're not lucky and I don't believe that. I think the universe is far more democratic than that I believe that we create our own luck I really profoundly believe that and it's it's from doing things like you know listening to your gut. I think in that moment people would go, oh, you were really unlucky because you got mugged. Um, And if I hadn't, if I would walked in the road, they would have gone, oh, you're really lucky because you didn't get mugged. And I just think it's, you create your luck as in, you know, you decide which voice you're going to listen to. So I know in my life, the moments when I've been lucky are moments when I've been really not stuck in my brain. As an actor, I spend a lot of time out of work, um, and people go, "You've just not been lucky. You've just been really unlucky." People constantly say, "You're a really great actor. You should be working well, but you just haven't had the luck." And I don't believe that. I think, I think that what happens is when I when I'm out of work as an actor, I really I suffer badly and go to the dark side and and get stuck in the negative thinking. And if I could stay in that happy happy good place. I think I would manifest just job after job after job. Um, if I could keep the energy I have whilst I'm performing, I'd be fine, and that's the challenge. you know. I, I, I finish this job in a week and already I, I can feel my brain going, oh my God, you're going back to unemployment, you're going back to poverty, you're going back to... Uh. Um, and that's just the ego talking. It's, it's, the, it's having the discipline to just shut those thoughts off, really. Um, and I suspect if I ever master that, people will be saying that I'm the luckiest person they know. Yeah.
1: And also, when you when you listen to your gut, it seems that... I read your interview with the, with, with how you started and how you became the Dane. and you just said that you started doing cabaret with some friends, and then it just rolled on from there. And that, the way you said it, sounds really lucky, in a way. Yeah. But it's also following your gut,
0: isn't it? Like, so your passion. Do you believe in luck?
1: I think that things just happen when you when you need them. So if you're really curious about something, then then something will happen so that you find your answer. Maybe from the most unexpected place, someone will tell you about a book and then from that book you will find something else and something else and then to just appear. So in a way I think luck is very linked to interest. So if you're really curious about something, mm. then that will be your luck.
0: But I would say, I think when you're in that really curious place, you're coming from a, a, a heart place, a gut place, Not you're not being trapped by... I think of it as like radio frequencies, and it's just if you switch that frequency off, then the magnets work. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're really lucky to know, to be able to distinguish between... But the I think two.
0: everyone and I think it's just people convince themselves they can't I think at the end of the day if something feels good it's the right thing I've read a bit on your blog you're saying that you've seen people come up with bizarre excuses for stopping doing meditation and um I think if they're being honest with themselves when they say those when they come up with those bizarre statements you can tell what feels good and what if I go you know I really like um I really like standing out in the cold because I think it's really good for my psyche. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm coming up with some nonsense things. Like if, I, if I say I really enjoy putting hot blades into my palm, you know, I know that that's, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> I think you just have to go with what feels good and what doesn't feel good. and I think a lot of people have issue with that because they think, They think that makes them selfish or they think they don't deserve to feel good. And then all this other stuff comes in. And I think we make it too complicated. At the end of the day, if something feels good, it's right. If something feels bad, it's wrong. (laughs) I think people complicate things too much. I think if you just go moment to moment to moment to moment, keep it simple. And going going back to performance... Um, I know that I'm far better on stage than I am in real life, <laughs> and I. That's because when I'm on stage, I think moment to moment to moment. I'm not. I'm not thinking of the next scene or even the next line. I'm literally just thinking that moment to moment. So everything is very simple and very easy. Um, whereas in my real life, I'm going. Oh, I'm thinking about what's going to happen in a week. I'm thinking about what's going to happen in, in a year. I'm thinking about the fact that you know I'm getting older, and does that mean that. I mean, no, there's just so much crap going on and I'm resenting something that happened ten years ago and I'm not actually just in this moment to moment to moment to moment and, if, and I look at other people who are who live moment to moment to moment and they're the most successful people I know they just they get everything and I think I think that's the secret you just have to stay in the moment I think that's where you'd be happiest but it's easy said and done but at the same time it's it is easy it's kind of but I think that's the ultimate thing with humans. Everything is simple and everything is complicated at the same time. It's just... But that's because the ego is there making things complicated. So it's, it's this constant two in your phone.
1: Yeah, it's a weird paradox. I have another question, which is what's one thing you would wish you had known when you were starting out?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, that there is... There is no there is no perfect path, there is no right way. I think when I started out, I spent a lot of time looking at the career paths of actors I I admired. And I'd go, they did six months with the RSC, and then they did that, and then they did that, and then they did that, and then they, that, and then they were able to do that one thing I really wanted to do. Therefore, I must do that, that, and then that. Um, and I'd get an audition from my agent and I'd think, oh, I don't want to do that because if I do that, then that will close the door for that path which I've decided is the right way. Um, so I I think I really got in my own way for many years by kind of imposing the right idea and the wrong idea. The truth of the matter is, you know, we're all on our own path and there is no right way, there is no wrong way, you just got to moment to moment to moment to moment follow you um, but I didn't for a long time and I'm still only really just starting to to do that now um, but yeah
1: i be been a very different place
0: if I had known that back then that's
1: great advice um, okay one two last questions if that's okay um, sure what is something that's true for you that almost no one agrees with you. It's
0: true for me that almost no
1: one. For me, my answer would be probably that we are spiritual beings having a human experience instead of humans having spiritual experiences sometimes.
0: I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the stuff I've talked about in here today, I think most people would be like, huh? Um, but then also a lot of people would, would also agree with it, so... I can't think of one thing that really polarizes people. I really like how all um, these
1: metaphors are, are metaphors, but also can be applied. Like listening to your gut, listen to your gut is, is a weird thing to say, but then again we can actually do it.
0: I suspect a lot of, I suspect a lot of actors would disagree with, with that actually. That, I remember uh, watching a documentary about uh, the Actors' Centre, which is a drama school in London. They teach exclusively the Stanislavski method. Stanislavski was um, he was a he was a Russian actor and acting teacher um, many years ago, and he founded a school of acting, a system of acting called the Stanislavski method, and it's very similar to. Uh, the American Lee Strasberg method but it's basically the idea that you have to you have to feel what your character is feeling so so if your character gets raped then you have to be going through those emotions as well so what I mean this is very generally speaking and I'm no expert but at a Stanislavski school you do lots of emotional recall exercises so for example you would you do an exercise where you you relived something traumatic that happened in your own childhood in order to then be able to go and play the scene where you get raped even if the trauma you experienced was very different you would draw on that trauma and then and um, and I remember there's a documentary on this school when I was about 16 or 17. This was before I moved to London to go to drama school myself. Um, and I can vividly remember the, the the director of the school, the principal of the school, speaking to camera and saying that actors who say that they work with instinct and go with their guts, bollocks, he said. It's bollocks. There is no instinct. There is no gut. It's all <laughs> there bollocks. There is no He <laughs> <laughs> He's going. You do the work. You do the work. Um, and even then, age sixteen or seventeen, I remember my gut going. Hmm, I think this man is wrong. And and I just love it when I when I see interviews with Judi Dench, and she she just talks about instincts, and she just goes with her instinct. And you know, she's famous for not doing any research. She's famous for not reading the script before. The first day rehearsals, but she just, she just instinctively taps into herself and pulls it, pulls out those things. She doesn't have to sit in a dark corner and relive what happened 26 years ago, and then try and pull. You know, she just goes there. She just pulls it out from from instinct and gut. Um, I mean, I don't know. I've not worked with her, but from all the things, all the things I all the documentaries I've seen about her and all the interviews I've seen with her, that seems to be what happens. And I think, yeah, I think there are a lot of actors who work in the way that this drama school work, and I would, I would adamantly disagree with that way of working and would adamantly propose working from a much more instinctive place. Because what we do isn't a science. It's a, it's a feeling sensory... So, maybe that answers your question.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Thanks so much.
0: Not at all. Um,
1: maybe we can finish off with your favorite quote.
0: Um, oh, my favorite quote? Um, I've got one on Skype, which I haven't been on Skype for so long. When I logged on, I saw it there. It says, um, the wise man is similar to himself.
1: Similar to himself. That's... Similar, the word similar is it?
0: I don't know who it's by. I remember reading it in a book years ago. I can't remember what the book was, but I remember kind of pulling it out of my brain and going, I like this quote, I'm going to put it there. So I don't know who it is or who's credit to. So whoever it is, thank you.
1: Nice, thanks so much. Uh, The other one is where can people find out more about you, your performances, where can they see you? They can
0: find me on my, I have a Facebook performer page, which is The Andrew Pepper which is the same as my Twitter handle, the Andrew Pepper.
1: Well, thanks so much. And it's been such a pleasure to have you. And you're, I I'm, I don't know why you said that you're very different on stage than in real life, because to me you seem like a very humble and present and nice person to be with. Oh, thank
0: you very much. Likewise. Bye-bye. Love you Lovely talking to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Ciao
1: wow wasn't that mind-blowing here are the things that i learned from this episode i learned that although we have thoughts not all of them have the same quality some come from our higher self and others from our ego self so we need to be careful and listen to our thoughts with awareness and not just follow the first one that comes to mind second our bad experiences can sometimes be lucky and allow us to see things we didn't see before. And third, and most importantly probably, is the importance of being from the gut, spontaneously creating life moment by moment from a deeper, simpler and more intuitive space. I hope you enjoyed this episode and see you again very soon!